It's so easy to know what to do and to know how to do it, but to actually make yourself do it is so difficult. And she was really talking about the struggles that she has um, specific to her weight, but I imagine it transcends into other areas of her life as well. And so I, I put on my April coaching hat as best I could. <laughs> it didn't quite fit because I didn't have a different head, but... Um, <laughs> Good job. Stay the world. Good yeah, job. Yeah. So I said... I have a different head. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm corny. Um, I can't funny. help it. I can't help it. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by April Cunningham, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, health and life coach, also known as the influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. January. What a wonderful time of year. It's when people feel like the slate is clean, they've started fresh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of snow on the ground where you live, and here you get an opportunity to start over. So we thought it would be good to consider what we learned in 2018, since that was the inauguration of The Jealous Vegan, and then look forward to 2019 and what we both personally and professionally are anticipating for this year. So first, let's talk about 2018. What do you, if you had to describe that in one word, what would you use? For me, it'd be the word transformative. 2018 was for me. Would you like to elaborate? So 2017, in 2017, my life rebooted. And then I started to progressively approach my dream life. And in 2018, I took some major steps toward that. Um, I made a turn into coaching full-time. Um, Jealous Vegan started to get traction. We started to get creative teams assembled already, and we're doing so many great things, I think, that are useful. Um, I traveled, which I hadn't done. I traveled for um, more, than, more in 2018 than I ever had before, um, internationally and domestically. And I got really clear about who I am, how I want to show up in the world, who I want to be, um, where I've been, and uh, where I want to go. And it feels amazing. It sounds like it. Now I don't want to say my word because I can't even. <laughs> Sorry. Can't live up to that. You go next, Lisa. <laughs> no pressure. Right, right. Um, I think my word would be exploratory if that's a word mm -hmm. um but I learned a lot about myself this year and I did some things that I wasn't really sure about um in the beginning of the year I had a lot of change I left a job went to another job I moved I sold my car um and all in an attempt to try to figure out what I want to do next 
Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I was able to figure some of that stuff out and I'm still trying to figure <clears throat> some more of it out. I also uh, finished my um, my personal training uh, course that I was taking and got some things started on that. Um, I figured out, you know, where I want the focus to be in terms of fitness and how how I want to enter that space. Um, and so I did, yeah, a lot of exploring because I, I was very unclear. Like, I don't know which way I go next. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm half here. I'm half there. Um, and now I'm still kind of half here, half there, but I have a clear direction that I want to go towards, which I felt like in 2017, I was um, sitting on the fence trying to figure it out. So got to explore myself this year. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use foundation Mm -hmm. as my word. I feel like I didn't have the transformation or necessarily the exploratory kind of year that you all described, but I do feel like I was able to lay a foundation for what I want to have next. And so I'm really looking forward to 2019 in that respect. But for me, I mean, I've been with the same company for 16 years and we had a pretty large layoff in 2018 that I was for sure my number was up. I just knew (laughs) I was not going to survive this layoff. And um, of course, it was right around the time that my parents were making plans to move out of my house. And so I was going to lose that extra income as well. Mm. And so I was just like, (laughs) it's going to all blow up at the same time. Um, But mercifully, uh, I was was not affected by the layoff. Um, And in fact, uh, potentially have an opportunity for a promotion. And even though there are things that I want to do outside of that career um, for my, you know, as we talk about our next life, my next life, uh, I'm really grateful for um, the chance to to do what I'm doing and to have another successful year sales-wise where I I look to, you know, have um, kind of exceeded my uh, income target. So... I feel like I've set the foundation for it. I also started taking voiceover classes. So what's interesting is um, we we reference me as the voice for the Jealous Vegan, but it's not because of my actual voice. It's because of my stand on a soapbox and, and be the voice for people who are underrepresented. Um, and I try to tamper that with my... Well, it's both. You yeah. do have you a do have beautiful, voice. beautiful voice. Thank you. And... You also happen to be kind of our resident activist for yes. all things, uh, all causes yes. that need yes. to be defended. Save the planet. <laughs> yes. Let's let's stop. Um, yeah, I can't even get into all the things that. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole pod. That, yeah, that several podcasts. Right, right. That I would march about if yeah. if I were inclined that way. And thankfully, I'm not inclined that way. But yeah. um, and, and thank you for the compliment. But for a long time, I didn't have the confidence that I could do. I can make money with my voice. Um, And so, you know, taking the step to get an assessment by some professionals and then take some courses and get a coach uh, that's specific to a vocal coach um, is all stuff that I've done in the last year. So I'm excited. Congratulations, both of you. Thank you. Yes. I think you said that you didn't feel like April's, yours word was as like, wow, as April's word. But foundation is... I think a step that people overlook and it's so important, you know, 
Uh, I see this in fitness all the time. People want to be able to do these amazing things without establishing that foundation. So like, that's great that you feel like you're at a place where you've set yourself up for the next stage um, and know how to, you know, build from there because that is a very, very important piece of the puzzle. So thank you. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, when somebody's getting a house built, they're never excited that the foundation got poured. You know, they're like, look, the walls are up. Look, we got windows. Until a storm comes. (laughs) That's true. Well, and I would challenge that because if it's been a long haul, it's a house you're building from scratch. Yeah. And you've picked out everything you want. The foundation getting poured is like, this thing is happening. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I agree with Lisa that foundational is still a very good thing to celebrate that you have this new platform to leverage your next life. Mm -hmm. And without that platform, the next life would not be possible. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's all of it. For sure. Yeah. So congratulations to both of you. To all of us. To all of us. To all of us. us. Mm -hmm. It has been a good year. So, you know, I don't, I don't set resolutions though. There are a couple points in the year that I take a look at what I'm doing and try to see if I'm on track for my future. Um, those dates happen to be January 1, May 1, September 1. Um, they each have significance to me, but, and also just are kind of spaced out. Yeah, quarterly. Uh, yeah, almost, almost. Almost quarterly. Yeah. So I know a lot of people do take January 1st and they set resolutions. And um, by this time in the year, they probably haven't <laughs> kept many of them. Yeah, resolutions don't work. Yeah. You know, they're they're rather dated. They're retro and they make us feel good to start. People are in the gym first week of January. I hate that week. New no. gym clothes. Yeah. They don't Still work. Still got the tags on them. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I, I <clears throat> excuse me, the word resolution as defined by the dictionary is a firm decision to do or not to do some, something. Excuse me. So the synonyms are intention, decision, aim, plan, right? And so I can see why the word resolution fits, but when we think of New Year's resolutions specifically, uh, there are hardly ever things that people are able to, they made, maybe they made the decision, but they haven't laid a foundation to be able to carry those things out. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think about people setting kind of this arbitrary date of January 1 as, you know, or, or Mondays. On Monday, I'm going to get my life together or hit the program hard, as some people say. I think that's my biggest problem with New Year's resolutions or kind of resolutions, period. People tend to shoot so high. You know, they have all of these big goals and things that are really not attainable, right? And so then you do, they start off strong and it's not real long before they fall off. And I do find that a lot of times, once you get to the point where you've fallen off, then you start to really defeat yourself in Mm. the way that you talk to yourself. And it's almost worse than when you started. So I don't like really that term resolution because that word is a very absolute word to me. And people put a lot of weight on that, that resolution. It's, it's all or nothing. And they're so hard on themselves mm-hmm. when they use that word. 
It's almost like a rule gets set. Yes. And it's a rule that's rather arbitrary. Um, And, you know, I see this all the time in my health coaching practice, for example. A woman comes to me and she says, I want to look great in a bikini. Okay, cool. You look great in your bikini. Okay, that's awesome. Why do you want to look great in your bikini? I don't know. I mean, I just want to look great in my bikini. Well, looking great in the bikini is not a compelling why. Especially for all the forces that are in place for keeping us in a certain habit or lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What happens when there's stress? I could I could give a client <clears throat> a meal plan and an exercise plan and you know calming exercises to do in the morning and the evening. Except what happens when your baby's sick or what happens when your husband you have a fight with your your partner or there's a stressful day at work. It's hard to keep to those things when. The, the other forces that keep whatever habits we have in place, those forces keep those habits in place and they're caused by stress and they're caused by, you know, us trying to survive the encounter day to day with the things that we have to do and take care of the people that we love. And so when, for example, I had one client who said that I want to look great in my bikini. When we got all the way down to it, though, she would sabotage without realizing she was sabotaging because she was actually afraid that if she really got to the size she wanted, that her husband would feel threatened. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, we only uncover that in a conversation when she gets real connected to her why. And I'm, I'm just not, keep asking why. Why do you want that? Why the bikini? And what would that do for you? And how would you know? And how would you feel? And what would other people see? And what would be different for you? When we get all the way down to the why... It's it's a it's a deeper there's a there's a real sabotage reason for staying right where she is. Mm -hmm. And so to the point Lisa's point about resolution, it's this line in the sand of like, I'm going to look great in my bikini in six weeks. And it's like, but why? Because otherwise, no, I'm sorry, you're going to have a stressful day. You're going to eat a bag of potato chips and chocolate for dinner and skip breakfast the next day. (laughs) Right. Like because you don't have time and the baby's sick or whatever. And. That's the part where the sustainable habit change makes all the difference. It shouldn't be once a year we reboot, so to speak, and set these arbitrary lines. It should be we're constantly reevaluating at every point of the year, 30 or 60 or 90 days. Mm -hmm. Where do I want to be next and what's keeping me stuck? To get present to those things is to uncover them and then to be able to to shift them with conscious intention. Right. Uh, and purpose. Yeah, I was with uh, some friends um, in the middle of December on a kind of a family trip, and we got into a conversation around food and and exercise and weight and health, and because you know we were in the hot tub, and um, you know it, it just came up in conversation at some point. And um, one of my friends said, you know, it's so easy to know what to do and to know how to do it. But to actually make yourself do it is so difficult. And she was really talking about the struggles that she has um, specific to her weight. But I imagine it transcends into other areas of her life as well. And so I, I put on my April coaching hat as best I could. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't quite fit because I didn't have a different head. But um, <laughs> good job. Save the world. Yeah, good job. Yeah. So I said. I have a different head. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm corny. Um, I'm I can't corny. help it. I can't help it. That was, uh, no, that was funny. <laughs> what you do? So, so I said to my friend, I was like, yeah, um, April would probably say the reason is because your why isn't strong enough. 
right? So the, the what and the how is e much easier, um, but the why is so much more important. And without establishing that, all that other stuff doesn't even matter because you won't, you won't make yourself do it because it's too easy not to do it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love that you said that, that really more than what you want to come out of the next month or six months or year is probably identifying this is what I want and here's the reason why. Because if we don't have that, then my experience is we definitely won't do it. Yeah, willpower doesn't work. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a misnomer. People think, I need to be strong. I love when people say that. I'm just not disciplined enough or I'm lazy. It's That's not true. Not it. It's not. And the people who say it are the most driven. That's what's funny to me. That's my shame trigger. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. But, but you're a person that slays. Yeah. I'm just like, if I, if you had a, a, a digital, what do you call that thing? A radiator, a information radiator of like what's on your task list for the day that I could pull it up on the app and be like, let's peek in on Jen today and see what she's doing. I'm sure I you know. do more <laughs> things before breakfast than I think about yeah. doing all day. Yeah. Five to nine. You're up AM. So those are the golden early. hours. Oh, <laughs> so, but, but, and yet those very driven people are the ones that are just like, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not serving enough. I'm not, I'm not disciplined enough. I'm too lazy. My coach, my coach said to me, she said she was out on a run. 6 a.m. She's out, out on the run and she's saying to her husband who's running with her, she's like, I'm so lazy. And somebody <laughs> was running past them and was like, it's 6 a.m. and you're running. How are you lazy? <laughs> Right? It's true. pretty true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in her mind, she's probably thinking about all the stuff that she could have done or should have done yesterday and yeah. didn't get done. And yeah. I think, too, the problem with that mindset of feeling lazy or like you're not doing enough, and especially when we're talking about resolutions, quote unquote, is that we don't allow ourselves to have any cushion for. Like April said, when things come up, but also there are just days where you just can't. Yep. And that's okay, you know? And the thing that I find is with people in like New Year's resolutions or, or any sort of goal that they set that might already be a stretch for them, as soon as they have that one day, like people say, I'm going to work out five days a week, that one week where they work out three days a week is a complete failure. Mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't do this. And then the next week, they end up working no days, working out no days that week because they've already turned their brain around. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, we talked about this before, there's a lot of impact in the words that we use to ourselves. And so sometimes that box of what we feel like is accomplished or what we feel like doesn't make us lazy or what we would like to do in a day, um, the way that we talk to ourselves about when we fall short of that makes a big difference in how, you know, the next, sometimes couple of weeks or months could shift themselves. Yep, so. I agree. Yeah. And there's people, um, I have a saying that, um, and it's not my saying actually, but that overscheduling is the same as overeating. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is that overscheduling is the same as overeating in the sense that you have too much on your plate. Yep. Hmm. Right. And either in your schedule or your play, but it's the same kind of thing. People yeah. who feel like I need to do it all end up doing 
it all at, the, at their own expense or they don't do it all. And mm. then the moment they don't, the, the guilt, and, the, guilt yeah. the shame, the, ca- the castigation really happens. The flaw comes out like, oh, you're so lazy. I can't believe it. Well, then that just it just compounds the stress around something. And then the next week they don't work out at all. Yeah. They don't eat at, well at all. Or it's like when people are trying to do binge eating, it's very classic. People do really well for a couple of days or whatever. And then they've been depriving themselves for someone. We talk about this too, right? Deprivation. A lot of um, goals around, you know, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to work out for five days. It also means you have to deprive yourself of things that you love or things that make you feel calm or safe or that are just pleasurable. And we know deprivation doesn't work. As soon as you say you're not going to have something, that's all, all you, you think, can think about. about. That's it. <laughs> and so, yeah, you might be good for a couple days, a week, and then after that, it's like, I'm gonna have that cupcake, and then all the cupcakes, yeah. um, or all all the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. I get 48 hours with a don't. Anything I say I'm not gonna do, I guarantee you, in 48 hours, I've done it. I guarantee you. Yeah. It just, it doesn't work. And I, I would love to know the psychology of that because I'm sure there's a psychological component to telling yourself no. And maybe it is the words that we use, right? It's like, I'm not going to do that thing, but then all of your mental energy is spent on that thing. So yeah, there you go. It's like just like saying um, you're not going to go into a ditch. You're driving in the car. And you're just like, I don't want to, you're looking, looking at the ditch on the side. And you're just like, I don't want to go into that ditch. I don't want to go into that ditch. I don't want to go into that ditch. But you just like, keep, your eyes trained on the ditch, guess what? Where are you going to go? You're going in the ditch. I read a book one time that talked about the, you know, power of the mind and bringing things to you, manifesting things to you. Um, and that's one thing that they said in the book that at the time I was like, that's an interesting thought. But they said, you know, the universe basically doesn't understand the negative. So the universe doesn't hear, I don't want, it just hears ditch 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 you know and, and that's then what that's, you're focused on that's where you end up and so I think about that all the time when I say I'm not going to do something and then I end up doing it and I'm like yeah because my thought was that thing that thing that thing and then that's where I ended up are you familiar with Gretchen and Rubin and the four tendencies Mm-mm. so it's a happier podcast, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So she's the host of the Happier Podcast with her sister, which is really cool. Um, but she has this book she wrote called The Four Tendencies and a lot of research that she did to understand what drives people to be successful or what stands in their way. And so she says that there are four personalities or tendencies. You're either a questioner, an obliger, a rebel, or an upholder. And so each of those responds to inner expectations or outer expectations. Um, And I can't remember the rest of it, but um, I I will send you the quiz for it and we should link it in the show show notes. notes. Uh, My guess is that April is a rebel. This the moment shocker. Yeah, exactly. I would think that you weren't, I would think that you were probably an upholder or an obliger. Oh, um, I wish I could. I have Those to are the first two that come to mind for yeah. myself. Yeah. But because you say that you only get 48 hours on something before you're like, can't do it, um, it makes me wonder whether or not you are, in fact, mm. a rebel as well. But I don't think that that's like a rebel tendency. I really do think that that is. Because if somebody else tells me not to do something, I don't feel as compelled as if yourself. I tell myself. 
that I'm not going to do something. Yeah. Except that the fastest way to get a human to do something is to tell, tell them they can't, can't do it. Yeah. You, you need but to can reason. and don't. True. You know. Are different. Are different. Right. The, the thing is that, um, to that point, like, any rational human being, teenagers, is classic. Tell them they can't. They will find a way. Humans aren't different. Babies aren't different. Tell them they can't. They will. Um, they'll find a way to do it. And they'll get fixated on doing it now because you said you can't. it can't be done or I can't do it. Um, the thing is that humans need to understand the reasons why they can't do something. If a human being at any stage understands and agrees, they're much more likely to do it or not do it than if you just give them a blanket rule. And that's why that's where... You know, these kinds of things like resolutions don't work because it's a blanket rule. But nobody actually, why, why do you want that? Because you want to look like the magazine? It's not strong enough. Why? Like, sorry, yeah. no. Um, people need to understand their reasons. It, it, with a binging, a binge eating problem, you need to understand why are you doing this, this person, right? What, what's happening for you that this is happening? Otherwise, you're, it's, it's easy to be, the hardest people to fool is ourselves, um, and to get clear about the lies we're telling ourselves, priceless hmm. and shifting. Yeah. it's a good point. I almost want to ask what lie have you told yourself lately, but I'm afraid to answer it. So no, I think this would be this would be good. <sighs> Immediate regret. That's that was great. <laughs> that was for her. She doesn't want right. to uncover her biggest lie. <laughs> I'm about to lie to y'all. So. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I actually used to, I actually said that to this guy one time. He would, he would say all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? If you want to lie to yourself, that's fine. But please stop lying to me. Because mm-hmm. like, I know that you're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So People never know what to do when you call them on that. To get to the end. Which yeah. is one beautiful thing I love about coaching. Can I just say? Because I get to call people and stuff. Like I hear it and I'm just like, whoa, wait. Okay, your energy, when you talked about having a baby, was down here, level one. You talked about this other thing that you wanted in the world to go out, and your energy was level 10. So I'm sorry, I just need to like hold up a mirror and say, some, these two things are not the same. Mm-hmm. Can we take a look at this here and see what's happening? And I, nine times out of 10, people are just like, you're right, I really want to act. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want a baby right now. Okay, cool. Now let's talk about the that, next step. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Are you thinking of your lie right now? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing comes up for me, actually. That I, no lie that I've told myself recently. At <clears throat> <laughs> the expensive dead air. Go ahead, Leela. Yeah, sorry. Say? Sorry. Um, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah, we're... we're I tell myself People can't see us. They're listening, so we better keep talking. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I tell myself the same lie all the time, which is I'm going to become a morning person. Oh. And I have yet, you know. But you're so 30-something so years close. of life. And, oh, <laughs> but am I? Do you know how many times, like, like I, I feel like I can always call or text you because I think you'll be up. Yeah. My goal is to get up at around 5. Yeah. That would be, like, my ideal time. Realistically, 7 is when I kind of get up, and then I lay in bed till 9. So... I wouldn't call that a morning person. You know, like no. when I when I think about getting up at five, that's not what I think about doing between the hours of five and nine. Right. You know, 
So I have that. I share that lie. I say, I'm going to get up. I'm going <laughs> to meditate for an hour. Then I'm going to work out. Because if I don't work out in the morning, it gets rather dicey in the middle of the day if I say I'm going to do it. So I, I, that's the thing I need to like nail. Bible reading, meditation, boom, workout. And it doesn't happen as and often I, as it should. I feel it's the same for me too. I recognize that working out in the morning is best for me. Absolutely. If I don't get it done before 10 a.m., the likelihood drops down to like 30% that it's going to happen. And afternoon, it's done. It's a wrap. Um, so that's why I'm always telling myself, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I think in the last two years, I've maybe successfully done that five times where I've gotten up early in the morning. I was doing the best when I was taking a boxing class twice a week that started at six in the morning. So I'd have to get up and drive there, mm. and, um, which was good. You got you had something to push you. Yeah, yeah, but pay, pay that money. Yeah, that's true. That helps. Yeah, but, but not I, always. Yeah, not yeah. always. People pay for a gym yeah. membership, and that doesn't still don't always go. Yeah. get there. Yeah. yeah. So I had a, I had a, I had one similar, but I had a really deep one that I'm debating if I'm gonna share. So the one that I had, mine is opposite of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a morning person, always have been. Even mm-hmm. the other night, I went out with some friends and. I was like, yep, I'm, I'm taking the day off tomorrow. I'm not going to do anything. And my one friend said, yeah, but just look it up at 7. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to sleep in tomorrow. And at 6.58, I guess, I rolled over, and I was like, oh, I guess I'll get up. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. And, I, you know, by 7.30, I was out of the bed, getting the trash cans, bringing them back to the house, all that stuff. So um, I just can't. I just can't stay in the bed in the mornings. Even when I was a kid, like my parents had to make me stay in the bed. Like my mom told me, you can't get up unless the sun is out. Because I would get up like before the sun came out and be like, okay, let's get the day going. And they were just not having that. No. And my sister's not a morning person. for the, So for the years that we shared a room, it was especially irritating to her. So <laughs> I'd get up, put the lights on, I'm reading my book, I'm doing whatever, making all kinds of noise. And she'd be like, what are you doing? Yes. So... Um, but I admire that about you, that your yes. morning person is pretty much like clockwork. Boom, yeah. up, go. And then you're like all on, all the cylinders. For me, it's like I need to come in. My yeah. husband used to call it like my baby stage. I need to come into my day, lay in bed for, you know, 15, 20 minutes an hour. <laughs> Even when I was working a full-time nine to five, it was just like, okay, I just need space to let my thoughts settle, figure mm-hmm. out how I'm feeling today. Let's check the controls, what's coming up, what's in there. And then I'll think about moving and then I'm gonna have my tea and then I'm gonna still do some you know yeah laying it's, around yeah before I even want to engage anybody else and before I want to do have to do anything constructive two hours hmm. yeah <laughs> no for sure you're right I'm like <laughs> at least two I, I'm ready to dive right into deep conversation five minutes after I'm awake Ooh, yes yeah. I've traveled with you yes I, yes yes I, yes I experienced and that I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> come on let's go let's go let's go get up And I think those are the two types of people in the world. You have the people that are up and like, let's go. And the people who have to like mellow into their everything. So mine is the other way. So I just, um, I referenced earlier that my parents moved. And so I've been, I moved to a different part of the house. And I said, I'm not going to put a TV in my room. And so the lie that I told myself is that I was going to stop watching TV in the bed. Even though I don't have a TV in my room, and I've shopped for one three times in the last two weeks, because <laughs> um, this is the time of year when they all go on sale. Um, like Thanksgiving to the Super Bowl is like the best time to buy a TV. Yeah. 
um, I just watch it on my iPad yeah. <laughs> or computer. Yeah, isn't that bad? Is that the is that the deep one? That's the no, no. That's the oh. lie that I've been telling myself yeah. though is that I'm not gonna watch TV in the bed. That I'm gonna yeah, that has use no my, electronics. Yeah, that I'm gonna have my bed be a very sacred, relaxing you know place for sleep, good sleep hygiene, as somebody yeah. calls it. But I mean, I did. That. I don't do it. A, a long time ago, probably almost 10 years now, took the TV out of the bedroom, no TV in the bedroom. It does make a difference, I think, in the way that I sleep. And um, because I'm more like April, when I get up in the morning, I have to like lay. Uh, right now where I live, I have this uh, beautiful view in the morning. And I do. I just roll over and look out the window and watch the birds fly and watch the cars go by. But I think it does make a difference not having the TV in the bedroom. So, but in the age of technology, there's still your phone and there's still your iPad and there's still your computer. So you have to be a little bit more like diligent than mm-hmm. just saying that you're not going to have a TV. But I think stick with it. Try it. Keep trying. Keep trying. Well, I, and I would say your why is not strong enough. Like, oh. Yeah. You're just, that's probably true. Yeah. You're like, I want to. It sounds good to be like, right. come into the, you know, I got a reader. Good sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. Maybe that doesn't work for you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I keep feeling like. Get the TV. I can always sell it or put it in another room or give it away. Like, like it's ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like craning my neck to look at TV on this little iPad when I can have a TV up there and perfect place for it on my dresser. But anyway, um, you sound like an addict right there. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I, you're like, I'm just gonna buy it, save it for later. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna use it. I just want to just know that it's a rat. <laughs> keep chocolate in the stash. I can stop anytime. I can stop anytime. I'm in control. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the the other thing, the other lie that I think I've told myself for a while, um, is that I am okay uh, when I know that I'm not actually okay. Mm-hmm. In reference to when I was the summer I turned sixteen, my parents separated, and it was. Um, probably seven or eight months of a lot of churn in our family, like really significant traumatic things happen in our family. And for several years now, because I'm not close to 16. Um, what? I, I know. I know. Yep, it's never would have guessed it. Black don't crack. Sorry. It light because I'm about, I feel like I could cry any second now that um you know the the way that my family kind of disintegrated at that point um and then like my father died in 2014 and that brought up all these other feelings and I felt like oh I'm okay I'm okay it's fine you know everybody dies blah 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 <laughs> right um but yeah I realized that I'm I'm not okay um and that I need to to deal with some of the things that I feel Mm-hmm. In reference to my dad and my sister. So that's my lie that well, I've been telling Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing. I remember being, and uh, when we were in Spain, I think, we had, and you said, yeah, I'm realizing I say, I'm fine, I'm fine. That's like my, my go-to line. I'm fine, I'm fine. And I'm mm-hmm. hearing you say now you're recognizing. Mm, I'm not no, fine. No, I need to own it. <clears throat> and I, I want to applaud you. That yeah. is beautiful because a lot of people are stuck in, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. That's the party line. Or I should be over this by now is the other. There's always something, right? Like, no, no, I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. No, but I mean, yeah, you hurt me, but it's okay. And it's not okay. Um, Mm. And so I applaud you 
for being able to be honest with yourself. Because I think I said the hardest person to fool is ourselves, but actually the easiest person to fool is ourselves. Because we can tell every other people, other people can see our stuff yeah. more than we, better than we can, especially if we are towing the party line. Mm-hmm. I'm fine, I'm fine. So I applaud you. The other thing is, uh, you remember that kids movie that came out that was not really a kids movie? With That's the like fe- all of them. With the feelings? Oh, what was it? Kids movie with the feelings? feelings? Yeah, it was about the feelings. It was a little girl, and the movie was about her feelings on the inside, but they had characters. and Oh, it was a Disney movie? It was a Disney movie, I think, or mm, a Pixar movie. I can't movie. think of the name of it. And uh, basically, her she they showed it from the outside and from the inside, but her family moved, and her feeling of, like, sadness basically took over. But the way they showed mm. it is like all her feelings mm-hmm. came into this like central location and sadness was like not supposed to touch anything. And she touched it <laughs> and the little girl went sad and they had to, they lost happy. They couldn't retrieve her. Aww. Like, but yeah. I don't want to see this now. <laughs> oh, what was the name of that movie? Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but I thought that that movie was such a great metaphor for life because when they at the end when they came around to it her family had moved she she was a young girl going through her she was probably like a Mm preteen all her friends were gone they moved to this new neighborhood and she spent all her time trying to just be happy like trying to suppress all the other feelings because she had anger in there. He was always he was always ready to, like, tear something up. Mm-hmm. She had, like, sadness, and she had uh, anxiety. But Happy was always the one that was trying to, like, everybody sit down, I got it. <laughs> but she never let the other emotions have their space, mm-hmm. you know, and allow themselves to express themselves. And so when the movie came full circle, the little girl, she sits down with her parents, and she said, I'm angry. And I'm sad because this thing happened and that thing happened and I miss my friends. And I think we spend a lot of time not addressing those feelings because we feel like happy is the only feeling that we're allowed I want to wanna feel and that I'm allowed to feel. Yeah. And so we do a lot of, of time suppressing that. So I do think that it's good for you to recognize that. And now you have like a 2019 goal, not a resolution, just like, you know. Yeah. yeah, and there's a great bit of growth Working that happens it. after that. Yes. People are so hesitant to sit with their feelings um, and to sit with it and to let your feelings have breathing space. Um, one of the coaches I follow, she describes emotions as a wave. It's like when you block a wave, the water just goes back and forth in a wave. But when you let it have its space, the wave dissipates. Mm-hmm. And so emotions into the ocean. Well, no, if it's coming in the shore, the wave comes right in naturally, right? If you try to block that, it continues this pattern. Like anger comes up, anger comes up to assert a boundary. Hey, there's something happening here. Mm -hmm. If you suppress that, it just, the anger never actually goes away. It just festers. Same thing with hate, with uh, sadness or Anything that we feel that needs to like have its voice. And once we do, it doesn't actually last long once we are able to like let it let it out. But a lot of times we spend so much time suppressing it. I'm I'm not allowed to feel that. I don't want to feel that. And there's complexity there because there's like I'm angry and I love this person. And I don't feel like those two things. There's a story, right? I don't feel like those two things should go together. But in fact, they absolutely do. There's resentment and there's love at the same time. And you know what? They do mix up. And sometimes it's hard to tell which one is which. <laughs> yeah. But just let them just let them run. It'll be okay. And that's not to say that you, you know, should act on every angry feeling, right? But yeah. it's like acknowledge that it's there though is the key to 
releasing it. Yeah, it's a big part of growth. I, I was saying about the wave, you know, when a wave comes in, it, well, it crashes and then it gets into shore. And by the time it reaches the shore, it is um, less volatile. Yes. And then, of course, it's dissipated and then it rolls back out into the ocean. Um, so, you That's know. That's beautiful, actually. I love that you said, yeah, I hadn't even thought that far. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah. That's what we need to allow our emotions to do. Crest, crash, and then dissipate and roll back out. Right. And with the, the knowledge that we don't always have to act on every emotion, mm -hmm. right? There are people, you know, you, you, I walk, I, I went into this pizza space with my grandmother and there was this very beautiful human there. And I was just like, whoa, what are you doing in the world? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and it was disorienting for me. The feeling came up, was like, I need to know who you are. Where are you from? Are you from Africa? What you, what, what? Cause he was beautiful. Like, I mean, just gorgeous skin, like everything. I just, and I'm not easily impressed. True that. So. The feeling I feel like I need to go find this beautiful That's woman. what I said. Right? Working in Domino's. I was just like, dude, do you need a coach? She but anyway. explained him in such uh, explicit detail the first time she told that story I know, to it was me. very vivid. I was like, well, all right. Now I'm looking for him. <laughs> like, what Got my binoculars out. <laughs> Telling you, man. Point being, you don't have to act on every <laughs> yes. impulse. You can, yes, of course. In this case, I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not in a space where I want to uh, engage romantically at all. So that's why. For me, it's not the right stand out. Yeah. Right. But the impulse was definitely there. I recognized it and I was just like, ooh, that was, hmm, okay. Wow. <laughs> that, that happened. happened. That doesn't happen. <laughs> that. <laughs> and it doesn't happen often. So yeah. even more so, it was like pronounced, like, oh, hmm, hmm okay, that's new. Mm -hmm. So, sorry. No, it's fine. No, you, what were you going to say, Lisa? I was just going to say the movie's inside out. Ah, okay, great. Yeah, great, I great. I came see right that up. Eventually, it, took yeah. <laughs> it was loading. The movie yeah. name was loading. loading. Doo, doo, doo. Inside it's like, out. It's fun. really good, though. Okay. It is really good. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, like I said, will have set resolutions. And um, it made me think about where did that even come from? Why is that a custom? Um, and why, why do people set resolutions? And so, according to the Google, which, of course, is always true. Um, of course. <laughs> it says that, Babylonians made promises to their gods at the start of each year that they would return borrowed objects and pay their debts. Sounds like a lot of people's New Year resolutions yep. related to uh, getting their finances in order. Anyway, the Romans began each year by making promises to the god Janus, for whom the month of January is named. And so that is where the custom of resolutions came from. Isn't that so this weird? Is, yes, but this is an interesting thought to me that people made resolutions to their gods, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that is the part that really stuck out to me more than anything else because not to yourself, but to something that you feel like is above you, right? Something that you feel like you owe something to. And I feel like a, nowadays resolutions have very much become that. People have these lofty goals that are kind of above them sometimes, um, but they feel like for whatever reason they owe it to I think sometimes resolutions do come from more than just yourself. Like I owe it to my future self or whoever, but yeah. the goals are so high. So that's that when you said that, I was like, ah, it's almost a divine thing. Right. And, and to your point that you made it earlier is that sometimes oftentimes resolutions, the bar is set so high. So, unrealistically mm -hmm. high like okay rather than lose 30 pounds in 30 days could you maybe just work out more 
Or could you get on, eat more vegetables? Can you take a baby step versus Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds knowing that, you know. You're probably not. And (laughs) (laughs) statistics will say you're not. Yeah, yeah, you're You're not. not. It's not going to happen. And you know what's going to end up happening is you're going to get stressed out about how you're not doing it Mm -hmm. and actually probably gain more um, because that's how it works. So if you have set some resolutions that you haven't been able to keep to this point in the year, very early in the year, or if you skip setting resolutions altogether, but are interested in continuous improvement. Do you have any tips or tricks or things that you'd like to share with people? Go ahead. I have a couple of, um, I've learned that writing things down is really big for me. Um, and planners have been really big for me. I have three that I really like. One is called the happiness planner. The other one is called commit 30. And the last one is called the passion planner. But what I like about them is it's not just, you know, you writing down some stuff that you need to do in the day, but in the beginning, they actually have a roadmap. So it's, what do you want from this year? Passion planner has one that actually says you're a roadmap and, um, what's your biggest goal? Why is it your biggest goal? And how would this goal change your life? You know, and so I think that asking yourself those questions and writing those things down, whether it's in a planner or a notebook or anything like that, writing those things down so that when you lose focus, because you absolutely will, because everyone does, Mm -hmm. when you lose focus or when you fall off the wagon, you have something written that you can refer to. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And this is how my life is going to change because of it. And this is why I'm going to keep pushing forward. Um, And then the breakdown of planners of setting a timeline for yourself and figuring out what you actually accomplish in a day. One of my friends actually posted on Instagram that she, she doesn't do a to-do list. She does a to-do list. And it's, <laughs> she I just, like I she, love it. she writes down all the stuff that she's done throughout the day. Ta-da. And yeah. And then she, she, I think it helps her to get a flow for what's actually attainable for her. What's achievable for her. What's important to her. Mm-hmm. Like what are the things that she's constantly doing um, that are taking precedent in her life. So I said I was going to try that um, this year, the ta-da list instead of the, to, the to-do list and see, you know, what my habits are. I'm tracking it that way. So that's my biggest tip. Get a planner for sure. Write everything down. Mm-hmm. I would piggyback on that. <clears throat> what you said was implied, deeply implied is what's your why? Um, get, get connected to your why. Um, and then um, get a coach. Sounds obvious, but it absolutely works to have someone hold you accountable, but more so help you to talk it out. What is it that you really want? Why is it that you want it? How to get there? And lastly, I would say that um, pra- uh, having a practice of gratitude to the point of uh, ta-da, right? Mm-hmm. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. Um, what did go well today? What is working well in your life? What do you want more of? And having that practice of of taking stock of where you are and saying thank you and being grateful helps to positively reinforce. We are more driven by positive emotions than by negative ones in terms of like habit change and real positive adoption. Mm-hmm. We're driven by the positive results, not by the negative results and the negative self-talk. So getting positive reinforcement from self and from our tribe and our family. And uh, I'll say again, a coach um, can really help to um, 
shift a habit long term. Yeah, that reminds me of the five minute journal, uh, which is available, I guess, in hard copy, but I've, I've only ever had the electronic version. So for each day, it asks, or there, it, let me start over. For each day, it says, I am grateful for, and then you list up to three things. What will I do to make today great? And you list three things. And then your daily affirmation, I am, and it's blank for you to fill in. And then for the evening entry, it says three amazing things that happened today. And then how could I have made today even better? So um, I, uh, I already have a journal app that I really liked. So I found that I didn't take um, the five-minute journal and use it religiously. But the attitude of gratitude and, and thinking about what went well with the day as opposed to just all the places where you feel like you missed. I do feel like that's really helpful yeah. and beneficial for people. Reflection, too. Mm-hmm. I think we, we don't take time to reflect on good and bad. We're society. The society that we live in is always like, go, 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 go. And yes, our failures, we highlight our failures, but we never stop to... Because a lot of times the things that we see as failures, if we really look at the whole picture, there's more to it than just that, you know? And we sometimes don't look at the whole picture and we're so hard on ourselves. I think reflection is a big key. Good reflection, bad reflection. Just mm-hmm. I agree with that because I find that the thing in my when coaching clients is that um, we hide our failures from the public, mm-hmm. but we amplify our, pu- our failures to ourselves. Yep. So... To the public, we don't actually want them to know how we failed and all the things that didn't get accomplished on our task list. But privately, we're like spun up about it. Yes, and guilty and shame and all that. So it's 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 rather a duality of like no one can see it except I know, and then it's, it's all I can see. It's all I can see. Yeah. And um, so that to that point, yeah, absolutely agree. Um, to to acknowledge the failure and and failures you know i i will say i don't really believe in failure i don't believe failure exists i believe that failure is or we either win or we lose no this is a quote from uh, nelson mandela you win sorry you win or you learn is what he said and the idea being that even if things don't go quite according to air quote win you always get some fodder you always get something that's going to help you get to the next stage so you can win and in that context, there's really no failure. But again, we amplify our air quote failures because, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's, it's demoralizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, reflection is important. My tip is actually one I, I think I got from you, April. Um, I remember when you were getting your certification to be a coach, we had some conversations um, and one of them was around priorities. And so you asked me at that point, what's your top priority or what are your top three priorities? And I feel like I struggled to answer that. And I thought, this should be easy. Like, why don't I know the answer to that? Um, and so it's something that I've, I've tried to make myself conscious of is that I need to know what my priorities are. And they may change over the course of time. But if I haven't defined them, then what am I doing, really? What am I moving towards? And so that was one of the things that, that I think people, sometimes they set goals, but again, they don't have a why mm-hmm. associated with it. So instead, set some priorities. 
And then you can come back and figure out what are the underlying principles that will allow me to um, model the fact that this is a priority in my life. But um, starting with the kind of the large overarching, this is the thing, and then here are all the things I'm going to do about it. So yeah. in connection with my revelation of my lie to myself, that I'm not okay, um, one of my priorities for 2019 is healing. Yes. That's probably emotionally more than anything. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I was going to say in... I uh, need a hug now, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hug it out. <laughs> um, I was going to say with the setting priorities, there's a planner for that too. It's <laughs> <laughs> a planner for everything. That one is the productivity planner though. And I do like that one because it actually tells you to write down your like maybe what your three priorities of the day are or of the week are, and then to attack them in 25-minute increments and give yourself like a five-minute break in between. So for myself, I have concentration issues. So to do something for 25 minutes is a lot easier than feeling like, okay, I need to get this task done, which might take two hours. I know for sure I'm not going to be able to block out two hours to get it done. But Mm -hmm. if I could do a couple of sessions of 25 minutes and I know that this is the thing that I really need to get done today... Yes, if, if I just 25 minutes and then I'll go do the dishes and come back and do something else and then I'm going to spend another 25 minutes on it, I do find that I accomplish the task usually. That's priority one. So I like we'll that. put all these planners in the show notes. Yes, yes. I own them all. Which, <laughs> <laughs> What's your priority for your planner? <laughs> What's my priority for my life? Become a morning person. <laughs> and I still haven't done it. Still haven't done it. So you know what? Maybe these planners don't work. No. No, 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 no. It's user error. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, thank you. That was uh, a really helpful discussion for me. So again, if if you're just getting started with thinking about what you want to do for 2019 or um, at any time in the year that you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to um, take stock of what's important to you, map out what you want to do, and um, make sure to be grateful for what you have, um, which will help you to um, reflect in such a manner that you don't feel like you're always behind whatever your goal is. And I will add one last thing that in the, on the, show, in the show notes on the page for the podcast, we will have a link to coaching, uh, getting a health coaching or a life coaching conversation around this. Since people are thinking about what their goals are, we will have a link to that. Um, so if that's something that anyone in our audience is listening for absolutely they can fill that out thank you april i totally forgot about that important tip of having someone help you identify what's important and maybe keep you accountable that's that's always i think uh, the buddy system really works but this mm-hmm. is like coaching's like the buddy system amplified to level 10 yep thank you for listening Please connect with us on social media at The Jealous Vegan on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or at thejealousvegan.com and sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content to support your plant-based journey. And until then, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.